What you need to do, Alan, is you need to go and buy a yeah, like set ten, of headphones yeah. while you're in Tennessee and leave them at your parents' house. Exactly. But, like, hide them somewhere so they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like, dig up a floorboard and, like, put them yeah. underneath that. Oh, there you go. It'll be like the telltale heart. Yeah. It'll be, except, you know, headphones. Hey, welcome back to Even More Mashed Up. We are the pop culture podcast where two professors sit and talk about all things pop culture. That's assuming you're sitting, Patrick. I'm Alan. I'm Patrick, and yes, I am sitting. And I do believe that people will believe this episode will be the goat amongst our various episodes. Or do uh, I mean no, I goats? Think you mean, don't you mean the goats, I was going to say? I literally just said that, Alan. But oh, shouldn't it be well, the goats? You know, I, Shouldn't be because it's. Too I, I'm in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm in Tennessee, so maybe the the the, the lag is worse. Yeah. It's like a yeah. longer distance, so it probably yes. take I longer. I said goats, and then there was a pause at which I said, "Or do I mean goats?" Had you not talked over the pause, you might have heard the pause and understand. not into my line. I'm literally, literally in Tennessee, so it takes mm-hmm. sound longer to get here than it would if I were in Dallas. And I don't yeah. think that's. It has to travel, you know, like nine hours more. Rich, how are you the engineer for this show with that that kind of understanding of sound? Oh, I've learned long ago, disagree with whatever the crazy people say. I'm just, all I'm saying is, you have to I'd like to make clear, I'm not the crazy one. Well, all the crazy one. (laughs) We show voluntarily to this every week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We chose this. Yes. Uh, I'm very sorry, Patrick. I, I apologize uh, for stepping over the line on that. I hope yeah. you won't be too Thor at me. Oh, God. Was that was that a version of your opening, or did you have something? I was going to say, I was going to say, my opening was going to be, I hope Patrick doesn't get Thor at me if I, you know, down-talk the MCU again. Uh, well, it's possible you might not be alone, in doing that yes oh, no, come no. to the dark we side literally... though though i do have to say that when i was driving vicky yesterday she did mention that she enjoyed thor love and thunder which by the way we're talking about thor love and thunder i didn't if think you it was that bad the goats reference i i then again i had to suffer kenobi seven hours bad. of waiting to get to it right it's it's not kenobi bad oh mm-hmm. no nothing's kenobi bad except kenobi well i mean the book of boba fett yeah, Book of Boba well, Fett yeah. is even beyond Kenobi bad. Okay, sure. Right. Anything on Disney Plus, sure. No, let's come on. We can't say anything on Disney Plus. There's some good stuff on Disney Plus. I mean Star Wars. I mean, actually, I, mean, I mean Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus. There's good yeah, Star Vicky's Wars stuff on Disney Plus. The, what? The original movies? Uh, uh, okay. The stuff that Disney Plus has made. The original movies don't count. We could argue about this forever, which is we not Thor-related at all, but that's okay. You know, no, Vicky's no, no. actually we enjoying Miss Marvel, too, so I think we should get her on, since Patrick, I think, might have complaints about that, too. Oh, on Ms. Marvel? I, I, yeah. I, have, a, I have a lot of thoughts about the show. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, okay. There, there, there's, a lot, there's a lot, I think, to, to talk about there. Well, before we get to Miss Marvel, we got to do Stranger Things 4, which is next week, right? Like, we're working our way. I believe that is the plan, yes. If we ever get to actually talking about Thor today. Which, by the way, weren't we supposed to be efficient on this episode? That was the whole... We are efficient. We were supposed to start at 2.30, and my clock says 2.28. So I feel like... We are at least... If not efficient, we are early. Yes, okay. So that was... It was it would be efficient or be early, and we both went... We decided to go with early, knowing our complete lack yeah, of efficiency. Yeah, that's why when he's like, you want to do early? Sure, because I know as best as you guys are going to try, we're not going to be efficient. When you said... But you know what's going to fix our problem? What's going to fix our problem is starting 10 minutes early. Yeah. yeah. To you know, be fair, this is us trying to be efficient. Yeah. Yes, well, when you is... said, hey, we should debate the two intros, I was like, nope, Patrick... <laughs> Patrick... <laughs> Well, no, it wasn't going to be like a serious debate. We've done this before where it was like, you know, which you were supposed to do a poll, remember? On the I did a poll. You lost. Yeah. Oh, I lost. sweet. Did I win? Well, you, Ooh. Alan voted and I voted. And I then never pe- saw the poll. Well, that's on you. It sounds like it was 100% then. Oh, yeah. Man. Maybe if you look for the poll, you'd find the poll. I didn't see the poll. poll. that you demanded. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I demand a poll. I shall not look for said poll nor vote okay, in said one, poll. I shouldn't have to look for the poll. It should just make itself immediate apparent to me. 
Clearly, yeah. clearly, democracy requires effort. There were some poll shenanigans. Yes, clearly, there were lost ballots, and uh, oh. I'm going to declare myself the winner, anyways. Oh, so you're going to go with a? Are you are you launching a stop the steal campaign then? Uh, a a stop the poll. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you're arguing that it was stolen, right? The yes, stop. Yeah, stop the stolen poll. Yeah, yeah. Bunch of poll thieves. Hashtag efficiency. So, yes, we're talking Thor Love and Thunder Day. Yes. We are. We are, which apparently you hated. I, have we finally come to the point? I did not hate it. I just well, I just was... I guess I'd say I was underwhelmed. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy, though, right? It's, it's a little crazy to be underwhelmed by a film that was this bright and this loud. Yeah stuffed full of stuff and yet i kind of felt the same way patrick as i as i was sitting in the theater it's not that i thought it was terrible yeah i just i didn't feel engaged like i did for ragnarok and there might be reasons for that that we can talk about but yeah i, I have some i mean at least at least speaking for myself i think i have some i have some reasons why i think i felt a, a lack of engagement I think I do too. I think that you're going to, you know, sigh when you hear some of mine because they may be um, themes that we've heard before. Yeah, possibly. For me. So um, I wouldn't call it a dumpster fire, but I wonder if Rich would. No. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, Rich. I had, yeah, I guess depending on what I had to go through, it seemed so much better because I finally got to see it. When it's, Starting at 1.30, I got 10 minutes into the movie, and then the fire alarms go off, and everyone has to shuffle out. And like like high school or like grade school, we all just stand outside in lines, kind of waiting. And then eventually, like, okay, everyone can go back in, you know, after like half an hour. And you go back in, you sit in the dark theater, you wait 10 minutes, the fire alarm goes off again, everyone shuffles out, a bit slower this time. They say, okay, this time we swear you can go back in. You go back in, you sit in the dock for a while. Eventually somebody else gets up and asks and they realize they've forgotten about you. And they're not going to show that showing because it's gotten to about 340, 350. And the next showing at 445, they're just going to jump to that one. So you wait in another line at the guest service to thankfully get two free tickets and get your other ticket bumped to... The 445 or 455 or whatever, and eventually watch it so that by the end at like seven o'clock or seven thirty at night, you've left the theater. But but you left with two free tickets. I right? did. I was. I'll, I'll yeah. be honest. I I left thinking I had won. Yes. <laughs> Despite well, like, to be fair, I mean again, I I I have some doubts about Rich's version of this story. <laughs> Why? Okay. Because it's it Why seems odd to me. That, you know, Rich, I don't pay for my own movies, Baldwin, somehow walked away with seeing Thor and getting two free movies. I think Rich pulled the fire alarm both times. You can neither prove in any way that that happened. Just because they leave the fire alarms unattended in a spot where the cameras don't have coverage is irrelevant. As far that as denials go, Rich, that is about the worst denial I think I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I think Patrick has done some Inspector Lewis level um, detecting here. Right. I think oh, it's, it's even a, less than Inspector like a, Lewis. I think like it's a, telling um, that you think I have the restraint I, to stop at two tickets. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't know when you're going back again. <laughs> Every time I go to theaters, the exactly. fire alarm just goes I mean, off like point, crazy. At some point, they're going to connect the dots. Every time this guy shows up, the fire alarm goes off twice. Here's a thought. If I had a free ticket to a movie and I was just thinking about things, I would think, has anybody ever done me a movie favor in the past? You know, like... I don't live in the past. Those things a things movie happened, yeah. when I didn't... When I forgot my credit card and couldn't pay my own way in, and then did mm. anybody then offer me popcorn that I gobbled up? You know, like that would be the kind of person I might say, "Hey, come see a movie with me." Because, I'm pretty you know, sure I they're transferable. But that hasn't. When that happens, I guess you know maybe. Yeah. Again, they're probably non-transferable, and you'd have to go to the, yes. the theater. If, do you feel like driving down in... to Holtzville, Long Island, to? 
see Toa Love and Thunder. I haven't been in Oldsville for two, like they gave two you or two tickets weeks. specifically to go no, see no, Thor, no, Love and Thunder. No, 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 it, it just any okay. any movie. And, <laughs> and they don't have Rich's name on him either. If Rich wanted to, he could give them both away to two co-hosts that he adored. Who both would have to drive down to Holtzville, Long Island. Right, but we'll drive one car, thereby saving on gas and money. <laughs> there must be some good food down there, right? Like, no. Some, like, what's what's the go-to restaurant in your neighborhood, Rich? Uh, Wendy's. Oh God! You know we should we should really be talking about Love and Thunder. Probably. Yeah, we should. Yeah, be. <laughs> yes. Feels like we... as much as I love this delving into my personal life, but yeah, we were talking about it in terms of riches. You know, exploiting the system to get free tickets, but then it felt like we veered a little bit off. I simply use a system that was poorly designed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, any any uh, place you'd like to start, Alan, in terms of talking about the uh, film. Well, I normally we do kind of a what we liked and what we didn't like. I don't really have quite a list like that. If we have time at the end, Yahoo Entertainment did rank the 29 Marvel movies, and I'd like to run some of those by you. But if we don't have time, we can save that yeah. for later oh, as that well. That could be an entire episode on its own. Yeah, I think we have That's done true. that. If, yeah, that would be a good you know filler episode. Not that we Maybe ever after Miss Marvel, do like the top 30 or whatever. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start with a question for you, Patrick. All right. It felt to me like Love and Thunder was a movie that underneath the jokes and um, the campiness and the, you know, Hemsworth being all Hemsworthy, it was a film that kind of tried to ask some bigger questions. And I wonder how, like, how you felt about a movie trying to ask the bigger questions and if you felt like it then did it well or not. Um, now see, that's, that's sort of part of my issue with the film is... Well, then this is efficiency. Look at us. I, (laughs) I have a hard time kind of thinking about what, like, the big questions or, like, the big themes of this movie were. Yeah. Um, because I just, I don't, there's nothing that really... Uh, particularly in terms of in terms of Thor, um, you know, I, I honestly don't have any idea for a character that's had such a really great arc in you know basically through Endgame and the way in which sort of his character was developed. I don't really have a sense of his arc in this film. He seems to be more just kind of pulled along by events and is reacting to them in ways that don't always make sense. Um, within the film. So I, I I don't know that I've got a really good sense of like what this film was sort of trying to be about, which is part of the reason why I think it, it felt a little underwhelming for me. Cause I just, I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around kind of like what this film's about. I mean, there, I mean, obviously there's, there's the whole storyline with Jane's cancer, but even that, I don't know that it really, delved into all that much yeah i think that was a problem in some ways that the the way in which thor is just getting pulled along as patrick describes it was deeply comic for the most part yeah and it was so jane's weird. story was profoundly not and there's things you can do like to juxtapose the humor and the pathos that work but i don't think they did that in this movie yeah, well, and so, and th- and that's something we talked about with Ragnarok, too, that I at least remember talking about how in Ragnarok, certain moments like, say, Odin's death that should have been significant felt a little bit flat to me. And I think that issue uh, grows in this film. Yeah, to me, what, 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 what my notes read on this point is by this film... I almost feel like I've seen enough of the original Thor. Like we saw uh, of Thor. Like we saw the original Thor. We saw the really sucky kind of Thor. We saw the funny Thor, and it, it's almost like they're just out of ideas here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah. Similar. Well, I think part of it too is I, again not not that I'm slamming Ragnarok, which I thought was a really good film overall. Yeah. I think part of the problem in terms of, and this gets into one of my reasons why I think this film is weaker, is that I think Ragnarok 
was part of a larger narrative building up towards Endgame. And so, you know, Waititi, he was somewhat, I think, hemmed in by the narrative and sort of limited in in terms of what he could do. And I think in some ways that was good for Waititi. I think yeah. here we see him, you know, completely on his own and, and kind of the same way that I felt about the Suicide Squad movie with James Gunn and then the Peacemaker show on HBO is that when you when you take away these two directors kind of limits i it just felt like the film got weaker um they went all over the place like without any kind of Rich, could you tag this minute could you tag this in the the podcast because i want to share the moment where um i want to share this with bobby the moment where patrick says what we need for good movies is more corporate control of directors. I think oh, that's... No, 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 well, no, absolutely. No, no, no. Whoa, Corporations whoa, 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 need whoa, to be whoa, much whoa, more involved whoa, whoa, in the making whoa. of any movie. They need to be whoa. much more hands-on. I did not pull say the corporate from control. the directors so I that not, they have no, little to I'm no not, say in the I'm creation of any about film. Corporate con- I'm not Money talking should about corporate be con- forefront to the mind. I'm not talking about corporate control. I'm talking about the narrative. There is more Which is written by corporate, but yeah, okay. It's not corporate control. It's that there were, you know, there, you know, there were certain things that Thor Ragnarok had to. No, I actually agree with you, Patrick, in the sense that. And Thor Love and Thunder has nothing that it needs to do, but I think that's in some ways a detriment to the film. Yeah, I agree with you actually in that it sounds, it it feels like literally like if you don't give, you know, some of these directors like almost a kind of like a highway of like, you need to end here because of the big narrative. They end up just going all over the place and just dropping stuff in there, and then the movie ends and it's like, oh, we didn't have time to. Well, and I should clarify that I think in terms of, of in terms of uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, uh, is that in uh, terms of Waititi, I think it was the narrative. In terms of James Gunn, I think the issue was that not it was him having the rated R designation on the Suicide Squad allowed him to do a lot of gratuitous violence and yeah. nudity. And things like that. But yeah, that I, I agree. That sometimes the limitations. Well, I hear that. Just, that I think just a point. Gun and just YT a point real quickly. Some kind of limits. Just a point, real quickly, though. The idea that you know YTD needs that larger arcing story to make a good movie. Like, of course, you can make a good movie that's a standalone movie. I mean, that can be done, right? It can, but it didn't happen in this case. Oh, and, and I, again, I, for me, I, it felt like it felt like the lack of a narrative was part of the reason. And Alan, maybe if 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 Watiti had made like a film that wasn't Thor, like if he had made his uh, a more original thing that he sort of you know that he planned out, maybe it would have been. I just think with Thor, like again, I think Ragnarok helped a bunch with that, and I felt like it, you know because that it goes somewhere with this one. Again, I don't. I don't know where the film was going until it ended, and even when it ended, I don't know. I don't know what Thor could possibly do after the end of the movie besides just chill at the village. You know, I know Which obviously might be a better might actually be a better movie. Quite I, frankly, honestly, because, I, I kind of yeah. It would be something different. I mean, Rich is pushing us to one of my big complaints about this movie, and it's the one that I've said too often, but I'll say it again. It's very tropey. You know, like like Ragnarok. It's a trope. You know, yeah, like it's, it's the trope-y. Ragnarok. Okay. It's like it's the way in which it's it's the Guardians of the Galaxy two problem for me, that the first did so well that it establishes like a whole bunch of beats need to be hit over the course of a story. I think Love and Thunder, I think I would have responded to it more positively if it had come before Ragnarok. Yeah, because I mean, then you could see Love and Thunder doesn't. as more of a setup to Ragnarok where it pays off. Like I think in, in a way and it would Love feel, and Thunder yeah. feels like it's like this sort of like not filler, but like this like transitional segment to the next part where he actually makes decisions and becomes more uh active and has consequences and stuff and like changes as a person. Right. Well, and I even worse, me, it's it not it's like... not just filler, right? Yeah. It's but... not just filler, but it's also filler that's done kind of by a paint in a paint by number kind of way. That we've already seen. Yeah. At least yeah, if it I mean, was me, think, and it was unique, I could live with it better, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I think, I don't know if I would say it needs to come before Ragnarok. I think it needs to come before, I think it needed to come earlier in phase four, because it's a film that's not really doing much of anything. 
uh, beyond sort of of what Waititi wants to do within kind of the 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 corner of the MCU that he has you know control over with Thor. And you know we're we're well into Phase Four with no real sense of where it is going. I mean, you've and, got the tie-in with the Eternals. A, with what the tie-in with the Eternals when he's at the Olympia or whatever, you see the other Titans or whatever what they're called. The what? You mean and, the Celestials? Yeah. Celestials. Oh, that's the two I mean. Celestials, Celestials in the background. Yeah, yeah like I mean, that's that it. Like mean. just just I mean just to imply that there's others and like. Yeah, they're there that like really... that's it that's and that's only that's only, it, yeah. yeah it's more of an easter egg than anything it. else but other yeah other than that like i thought core was gonna be something to do with the the phase four you know you know going forward i thought he was gonna i don't know disappear the sword was gonna get in someone else's hands or something or he was gonna kill more important gods that would like really fill stuff in upheaval yeah yeah well, and that's the thing. Like the whole the film in general feels kind of, I hate to use this word, but it feels kind of inconsequential. Yeah, like it's it's. I mean, uh, Korg doesn't I mean, even, even die. Even, Not that I want yeah, him to I mean, die, but like, yeah. you know, they don't even or um, um, uh, Valkyrie. You know, yeah. in the trailer oh, and stuff, you think yeah. stuff like that's going to happen. It's like no, 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 like. Nothing, nothing. Jane you know, is the only one to Natalie Portman's character. Yeah, which if else, anything is a disappointment fine. that that means we lose Lady Thor. Yeah, well, she can come back as a Valkyrie now that she's dead. I guess. But yeah, like you said, it it, it would be more not... interesting, quite frankly, because uh, it's it's it feels like it's reached a dead end. Yeah, like that's what I was almost hoping for was that yeah. at least the end you'd have Lady Thor somehow you know some magical power i I thought thor was gonna wish that she wasn't have cancer i thought that was what it was gonna end with and then they generally avoid doing stuff like wishing cancer away just because it it doesn't necessarily play well i mean i get it but like i thought at at least the end you'd have you know that would have been love and thunder would have been lady uh, thor or jane and you know um thor I guess. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Is end, that... right? What was that? Like, I said, think about that at the end. Gore could wish for anything. Like, he could wish not to cure Jane. He could wish, you know, disease away. He could wish mm-hmm. um, peace and prosperity for all of his, All of his family, and besides just his daughter, all of the people from his culture right. or whatever. Right. Or just, you know. like, he could wish that gods would behave well. Like there's, He could wish that gods like, had half the power or that they could only live for 10 years or something. You or know? that they were just nice people, you yeah. know? Like, that they weren't, you know, like Zeus or whatever. Yeah, but none of that none of that would get his daughter back. Like, the wishing for his entire well, species neither would back the vengeance. Would like, it's so weird how at the end, Thor's like, you can wish her back, and he's like, oh, yeah! Like, he legit, like, never thought of doing that. Like, and I get, you could argue maybe it's a necro sword, like, kind of corrupting him. Yeah. But, like, also it's really convenient that there's a thing that just grants any wish that nobody's used yet in however infinite amount of time the gods well, existed. It, it, it's also convenient that someone, you know, was able to carve some sort of, like, rune with Stormbreaker on there when Stormbreakers existed for, like, a week. Like, yeah, oh, like it's like did somebody the key to everything. Yeah. yeah, did somebody as soon as that happened in like uh uh not Endgame, uh, Affinity oh. War, did did somebody like bounce over there and be like, "Okay, cool, yeah. that'll be the key." Yeah. You know, like It was also a a very long walk to get to and I think this goes back to to some of what was said earlier that, you know, the title of the film or the subtitle Love and Thunder is based on, you know, Thor and Gore's daughter love being teamed up at the end, like that. That's yeah, the, like, you know, and was, like that's a joke that Waititi knows is coming, but none of us know it's coming, and so it felt kind of like I forgot about I actually, Love and Thunder I, until they said at the end. Yeah, well, I didn't actually catch that the girl's name was actually Love. Well, I because it's also a stupid no- name. Well, and I kept referring to her, I know it's Gore's daughter, and I thought, well, I should go look and see what her name is. I'm like, oh, her name's Love? I'm like, oh, geez, that's the Love and Thunder reference. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's kind of... Yeah, because again, I, yeah. he calls, says, like, my love, but you think, oh, well, it's yeah, his daughter. Yeah, he calls her love, but I assumed it was just like, yeah, yeah like, you know, my love. my love, my daughter, looks, yeah, not like L-O-V-E. Your name's actually yeah, love. Yeah, like... It's a little on the nose. It's, it's, it's too much on the nose. And it's, it's Which, too much on the nose for no real payoff. Well, but I thought... There were other ways in which the movie was sort of too on the nose, too. 
uh, like for example the kids in cages kind of motif I, why were the kids to... there after thor shows up the first time like he's gonna show up to fight core anyway he doesn't need the gore. kids it's gore not core it's oh it's a g oh okay yeah. Gore. Yeah, gore the god you're thinking of korg it's uh, maybe gore, yeah god maybe Mushroom. you're getting it mixed up i it's also christian bale is sometimes hard to understand Right. But, you know, like, like the kids are literally in cages. Characters say the kids are in cages. Um, how concretely should we read this kind of metaphor hmm. in the movie, do you think? Like, can I ask you a question, like, just as a comic book question? What exactly possesses gore? Is it the sword? Is the sword, like, like the talisman of some other spirit. I, I'm not quite clear on what has possessed Gore. Well, it's, I think they say that the the sword is cursed so that it, it basically, I think, sucks the life out of the person using it. That's why he gets all kind of veiny and whatnot. So, so it's basically it's killing him. it's not making him do anything. I don't think so. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you could have it's that. Like the be, one, it's like the it, uh, one ring. It might ring. be making him more extreme. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of one ringish, I guess. I well, would like say. even the wings, like you know, put me on, and like you know, whatever. But so, it, is, it, it is like, weird that you've got Gore, the God Butcher, who kills gods, and his big plan is to kidnap a whole bunch of kids. Like that yeah. was kind of like off brand. Right. When when he could pursue, he could pursue all of these, but. So, but but he does. He wants to kill gods before the sword possesses him, him or curses him or whatever. Yeah. It just gives him, I guess, the power. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, like it, supposedly it's a yeah, sword it's a, that can hurt a, a god, but at it's the a same... god killing sword that that also kills the user. Right, but so Thor's right. a god, right? No, that no, I, I think Thor's yeah. just an ordinary person. It, so Thor's not a god. Oh, Thor. Was, sorry, I thought you said Gore. No, they no, really because Thor's a, yeah, sorry. There, so Thor's a god, but Thor's yes. almost died a bunch of times. And not you know, to a sword. Rich's, Rich's point is a good one. Gods die all the time. Yeah. Like, like we watched them Zeus die Zeus died all the time. from his own it weapon. Was, it was, you would think of all things, that would be the one thing that would not kill him. Well, no, but I mean, like, died, you know? Like, like gods have died before. Yeah, it just, like, it you don't need a special to thing to right. kill a god. Just, and that's my point, is that a whole sword seemed like a lot of work invested in something that people do on a regular basis anyway. Well, but to be fair, I mean, Odin died after, what, like, millennia. You know, well, Gore no, no, doesn't no. want them to wait for a natural right. thing. Right, no, but what I'm saying is Gore that. could potentially just stab them with a regular dagger. And right, it, it like, just seems like you don't need the sword. Yeah, well, but I don't, think, I don't think I don't think it's a regular dagger. It's, it. it's like an it's an Asgardian dagger or something like that, which obviously. Oh, now this know, is like the old Patrick problems. coming back. Like he's going to defend the film, and I knew we could get well, him here. Rich, so here's my just, well, I'm here's just my question that is, then. It's not is, like I mean, it's not like he gets stabbed with a knife that I got at like Walmart or something. So well, I, when Captain America hit Loki with a shield and it hurt, why? Because he had a blunt object smashed in his face by a super soldier. Right, so, so the point is, it's like, not a necro sword, it's just a chunk of metal. But it didn't kill him. It just, but if it I mean, hurts just, you, it can kill physics. you. But what, what if Cap had used a Walmart knife? It yeah, what if, what if Cap had hit him hard enough to break his neck? Like, I'm just saying, if something can injure you, then it can kill you. Yeah, assuming you let Cap beat you enough with the shield. But that's not which is also magic. a vibranium. It's not as guardian, like, it could... You know, yeah, it's vibranium. It's, it's not God, though. It's not otherworldly. It, came, it yeah. came from a comet in space. It's it's got otherworldly properties. But so did a bunch of the other minerals on a planet at some but, point. But a lot of the stuff would be otherworldly to Asgardians as they live on another world. Yeah. Yeah, but it would be lesser otherworldly. Well, maybe Walmart would be making really good knives in another yeah, world situation. Yeah. Okay, that's probably a stretch. I will yeah. acknowledge. But but still, yeah. it's it it's such a weird. You know, because when I first watched it, I was like, okay, cool, he's got a sword that can kill gods. And then you almost forget about, like, oh, wait a minute, this is after, you know, Endgame, Infinity War, you know, Ragnarok. Like, all these things where they fought other, quote-unquote, gods not using the Necro Sword, and they've still died, you know, with, like, laser beams or whatever. Right. You know, Ego died because of a C4 explosive, you know. 
lots of Asgardians have gone down, you know? Yeah. And I, even if they're not gone. I mean, but they were killed by Hela or by, you know. By Thanos. By elves or Thanos. None of these things are, you know, your garden variety, just weapons. They're all using, you know, infinity gauntlets and dark elven swords and things dark like that. elven swords. Well, I, I apologize that we've gone down this track. Yeah, yeah I, I do like too. But it, down, trying to figure uh, out what it was that possessed Gore. So here's the, I want to, I, I do this as a, tri a tribute to Ed, who will be listening to this podcast eventually. Okay. Because he loves it when I, when I lay contemporary politics over the film. Oh, good. Uh -huh. So if we're talking about kids in cages, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I think this the, is the question we originally were answering. Right. The sword is Trump, right. The sword is Trump, who's looking for disaffected people to poison. Ugh. Gore would then represent all of the left behind Americans, and the end result is a world without color in which we put kids in cages. Oh, that just feels really tortured. Like the tortured. kids in cages. I think it feels too obvious. The problem is it's too obvious. No, I know. I think the problem is that. I mean, I can see where you're getting it from, but it's it's like the same thing with that whole debate that Thor has with Heimdall's son about what his name is, which I think was maybe supposed to be a whole, like, you know, dead name, you know, choosing your own pronouns kind of thing, but it doesn't work. I think same but, thing with the kids in cages thing. Like, if, if Waititi is going for that, it doesn't work. That's, 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 that's my point, is that he's so obviously going for it it seems to me that it's so bluntly done that it just kind of falls limp in its, in its execution, you know, that, eh. that if it's, if it's thinking about the way in which the disaffected can be mobilized to do terrible things, that's an interesting kind of question to ask in a movie. It just feels like so ham fistedly done here that, that it doesn't, it doesn't carry any kind of weight or power. I just I can't imagine that putting kids in cages and then having a character say there are kids in cages is is not in some way trying to use Thor to talk about this. I'm not arguing right. it's done effectively. Yeah, I'm no, arguing. Well, yeah, that, like, I mean, the kids how, do you, in, how do you I, avoid that? I totally missed it. Um, oh well, then I mean, it can't be true. No, no, I see where you're getting it from. I totally missed it, which, you know, again, is probably just resonating with the point that, that it's not done effectively at all. It's either completely missed or for me it was like, oh, so now we see kids in cages and we're labeling them literally kids in cages, which is, you know, the exact language that was used before. It just To me, there were, there were several moments like this where the film might ask interesting questions. Like an interesting question you might ask is, what do we do when our God or our gods abandon us? Like, that's kind of an yeah, interesting question. I was really kind of hoping for something like that where it was going to change up the whole pantheon of gods where, like, all the followers are like, gods are nothing. If they can be killed and they don't help us, to heck with them all, you know? Right, but Gore, or Gore's response, right, is like, oh, I'm just going to kill all of them, is also not a particularly thoughtful meditation on, you know, why it is that we and trust so much in these gods that don't care about us. It just, it seemed to me like there were several moments in the film where, where you could have asked more interesting or more meaningful or more profound questions. But I agree with Patrick. It just never happens in this. Yeah. Film. The film, yeah. the film, if, if to the extent that those profound questions are in there, I don't really feel the film is interested in oh, yeah. exploring them. They, they feel like throwaway gags to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it like those are big questions that can't be gags or shouldn't be. Yeah, they be shouldn't gags. be gags. When, yeah. When we left, Vicky was thinking about the way in which um on the Twitter and whatnot, younger people always complain about being asked to do the work by like boomers or whatever. Yes. You know, like like you've created these problems and you're leaving the work. And there was there was like maybe like a a like a subtext of that. Can I ask you a question? Can Thor literally just share his power with kids and other people like he does in the movie? Well, that was one of the things that I that I um again picked up from reading, you know, the Wikipedia entry on this film. And I again yeah. didn't catch it during the film. The key to Thor sharing his power was Zeus's thunderbolt. Oh, I I entirely yeah, missed that. I totally okay. missed that too. The, the the thing that's running between all the kids, which by the way makes the image of the world tree, um, 
is is Zeus's lightning bolt. Like that was why, because I was the whole thing about getting Zeus's lightning bolt. I was like, it seemed completely immaterial. And then, well, and I then thought I they were gonna the like, oh, it's just more power that he was gonna use to like. Oh, I thought the thunderbolt was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be the thunderbolt, not stormbreaker. That was the key. And yeah, so I thought Valkyrie exactly just needed a cool weapon. Honestly, so, is what I thought. Yeah, that's no, what I thought too. It was like you know, was, something that Valkyrie or Jane was gonna have. It was through the means of Zeus's lightning bolt that Thor was able to empower all of the kids, which again okay. completely missed in the film. Right. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I give you a quick fair file then that kind of is relevant to what we're talking about? Sure. So Amy Nicholson from NPR Los Angeles wrote the following, quote, uh -huh. I was really compelled by the ideas Watiti kept teasing in the film, but the actual style of it, the eagerness to please, made me take a step back from everything. But what he's discussing is really smart. See, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna call that mostly foul. Yeah. Except for the part about teasing, because that's that's kind of what, like, Waititi teases these things. Right. Um, and there's been a lot of people complaining because at one of like the press junkets for the show, um, I think Waititi was asked a question of like, how gay is the film? And he asked Natalie Portman to reply, and she said, oh, it's very gay, and then of the the lgbtq plus community is is pretty unhappy because they feel like it's it's, it's an example not. of queer baiting because th there's yeah. nothing gay in the film beyond beyond korg and yeah and, you know dwayne the rock johnson um, and and some other things but that that again that's kind of the issue is okay. is that waititi is teasing these things that could be profound but they're just being teased and there's not really anything being done with them Right. There's like Korg has the two fathers. I think there might be a same gender as Guardian family when they're reunited. Yes, there is. There is. And one of one of Mighty Thor's proposed catchphrases is like something about bringing the rainbow. Yeah. Or something like that, you know, like to this this colorless world. But um, again, like the, the other issues that we've just talked about, like at best, this is kind of a window dressing or a lip service yeah. or a gesturing towards yep. i'm sure there are lots of people who are really offended you know by the way in which marvel is like cramming same-sex families down our throats i think like they're they're wrong to be upset but people who are upset that you know like that this movie was advertised to be something that it's not is probably yeah. fair well i'm not sure which country it was but one of the one of the countries that banned the film banned it over the the comment about the film being very gay they're like oh then we can't show it Oh, so not they didn't see something in the film that they thought was too much. They just no, said, no. They just heard the comment. And they're like, and then and then it got. Apparently, they attributed that comment. I guess the country that banned it said it was because of of that comment. But there, but to be clear, there was that there was that theater in Oklahoma, right? That that told people they were going to try to cut the same sex kiss out of light, oh, light year, year, right? Yeah. yeah, right. And so it's like it's it's quite stunning to me that. That yeah. this remains so upsetting to people or that that anybody would think that this was a movie that was just like so gay that it was just offensive to anybody that it was a danger to right something. yeah 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 i mean there's yeah there i mean the, the, yeah there's nothing yeah. yeah so yeah so i mean that that's the thing there's there's lots of teases of things that the film could have done that the film could have been about right but that but that's and and a lot of those teases are just kind of odd like yeah, like the moment with Heimdall's son, and that whole yeah. thing. I like I'm like, what is the point of that? Like, there was no yeah. Like, what what was that conversation for? Like, I mean, beyond well, if you if if you're right, Patrick, it's more of the kind of '70s and '80s multiculturalism that we're critiquing in our book. You know, all new, all different. And, you know, history nice. of race and the American superhero. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Well, to Thank be you. fair, Waititi did say that that he one of his inspir besides this film being a romance film, which we can talk about that as well. Um, can we? The other thing that Waititi said that this film was sort of meant to be, and this is this sort of hits me deep in my heart, is yeah. he wanted to be like an '80s adventure film, specifically citing among other things Beastmaster as as an influence on the film. And you know how I do because love the Beastmaster. Well, I love the Beastmaster too, but unless you can make some kind of comparison between the two goats to the two weasels, I don't. I, yee, 
Yeah. I see it more along the lines of of something like Beastmaster in, and, and this is probably unfair to Beastmaster, but in terms of like an 80s adventure film that's just kind of yeah. not really pretending to be anything more than kind of a cheesy 80s adventure film. I think that's kind of what hey. Thor Love yeah. and Thunder is. I mean, like even at, even at the end where, you know, we see him and, and Love going into battle and it says the mighty Thor return, like... I'm looking at that. And I'm like, okay, or it says Thor will return. I'm like, okay, if Thor returns, like no one's picking up on the love and thunder bit. He's not showing up with love. It's, they're they're going to abandon right. that in the same way this film abandons the Guardians of the Galaxy with Thor. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like, like the idea. There, there's I, I, nothing I, that this film is going to do. Nothing that this film does I expect to really carry on into whatever right. happens next, even with Thor. Like, yeah. I feel I, like you know, to be, be honest with you, I that – that doesn't bother me in isolation, but make it a good movie. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it, like, to me, and I might be a little bit less, like, like big arc focused. I just, I, I want a good movie. Like, I'd like a good 95 minutes. And yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a coherent movie. And if it's, if it's not moving the larger MCU forward, I don't care. Like, yeah, that's, that's fine. True. But make it a good movie. And I... There were moments here that were very entertaining, but like when you when you step away from the movie at the end, it's you know it it was it was fine. Like, to use Patrick's was phrase, it, you know, was it, it was perfectly it, fine. It was it was perfectly good. You know, it was yeah. perfectly good. I don't yeah, remember no, I mean, a like, lot I, from it. You know, so. yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. Like it's it's basically yeah. like one of those those like wafer cookies that you have, like the pink and and I don't know, were they pink and white or pink and beige? Oh, like the Nilla wafer wafers or something. No. Away from no, you're it. thinking there were like strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla, right? There yes, was... exactly. Oh, yeah. Again, I love those things, but they are so yes. insubstantial. And that's basically right. what I see Thor Love and Thunder as. It's basically, oh, I had one of those. I really don't yeah. remember anything of the experience. The experience did not like have an effect, but it's like I was there. I had it. I liked it. But it's not, you know. Well, you know, it's, I, it's, I like it's, the. It's the... gone almost immediately after I've consumed it. Like, I guess I like your Beastmaster. I like your Beastmaster comparison because, of course, like those 80s adventure films, one of the things they did obviously was um, trade in like sexualizing women and counted yeah. as entertainment. And that doesn't happen here. Like it's Thor that gets True. sexualized. But by the way, when we debated the, uh, the trailer, we talked about the fuzzy butt versus the no fuzzy butt. Mm -hmm. the, the flicking scene would have been much funnier with a pixelated butt, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get. I mean that 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 whole omnipotent city. Yeah, scene that seems so. The whole the location just, as a whole seemed kind of stupid. Well, yeah, just yeah. that whole that whole thing made no sense to me. Like that 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 just seemed like a ginormous waste of time in the middle of the film. Well, and especially when Zeus ends up being Russell so Crow pointless film, to right? the plot. Yeah, and and Russell Crowe's Zeus was oh god, I was so upset to see him come back in the the post credit scenes. Like that was a pointless. Oh, we, I didn't. I didn't oh, stick around for the bait scene. But that's also at another least... moment where, like the the like, you know, Thor comes in. He's like, "Oh, it's omnipotent city," and oh, Zeus is my favorite god. And then he kills him in cold blood. I'm like, that's a there. That's one of the places where there was like a very sudden shift in tone, where Thor's joking the whole time, and then he's standing before Zeus and he gets all serious. I'm like, oh, now we're serious. I'm like, okay, so this is like the 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 tonal shifts in this film. Right, were were jarring. Like like Gore Again. at times was super creepy, and then other times he he was just kind of there. Yeah. To me, juxtaposing those different tones can make for effective filmmaking, but it doesn't here. Well, they don't. I wouldn't sure. say they don't feel juxtaposed. They just feel like shifted yeah. between to me. Like right. juxtaposed implies There's that you're putting them next to each other for a purpose. Yeah. Right. The total shifts though aren't a problem. Aimless no. tonal shifts are a problem, yeah. like yeah, tonal just... shifts that aren't being used to heighten um, emotional, intellectual audience responses to the material. That's the problem. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just very, yeah. I think Rich said it earlier. It was very, it was very meh. Yeah, and, and I, again, yeah. it's such an issue, like we've talked about a lot of uh, recent films, where it's like, by themselves, they're not terrible, but compared to... Uh, what came before, it's actually a big disappointment, you know. So Thor, Love and Thunder, compared to Thor yeah, Ragnarok, like... is a big disappointment. Yeah, well, Thor, Love and like... Thunder feels closer to Thor 1 and Thor 2 to me than Yeah, Ragnarok. like a major step backwards as opposed to Endgame slash well, Ragnarok. 
In some ways it does, and in some ways it doesn't to me. This is a really interesting conversation. I feel like I'm the most positive on the film, but it might be because I've been at the MCU mass stage Maybe. Like kind of for a, a while now. I, yeah, I, I really thought Thor was like a, a slam dunk of sorts of like, oh, it can't, you know, it'll still at least, at least be entertaining and fun. You know, it won't be yeah. blah. Yeah. You can't I, 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 I do have yeah. a question for Alan, though, about one aspect of the film that I hope he really enjoyed. What's that? There was, there was one moment in the film that I thought would immediately resonate with you. Oh, that's funny, because I remember leaving the theater, and I, I said to myself, Patrick said there was one moment in the film that would really resonate with me, and I yes. could not figure out what it was. Oh, that's so disappointing. It's when Jane what, explains what the multiverse by folding a piece of paper in half and oh, sticks a pencil wow. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I 100% should have. No, that's a fair. That's like that's. I'm like it's 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 entirely the str it's the Stranger Things yeah, reference I, of the Upside Down. I was like, how did yeah. I was like the moment I saw that I was like, no, okay, Alan's no. gonna hate that, and he's gonna hate kid actors all over this film. Like this is not a film that's made for Alan because there's kids everywhere. And there's, and there, there's the, there are too many kids. There are yeah, too many yeah. kids, and yeah, like Which, the Upside by the way, Down. They're all they're all among them are all of Waititi's, Hemsworth, and Portman's kids. In fact, the, the yeah, actress you know, that plays Love is Hemsworth's daughter. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is and they neat. never intended her to be an actor, but you know, there she goes. Mm. She did a perfectly fine job. Let me yeah, say. She, yeah. I thought she was pretty good, but yeah, I mean, but again, like it, it again that that speaks to kind of some of the the I don't know if self indulgence is quite the right word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sort of of the film, but it it is kind of like yeah, yeah but, you know, again, that's another thing that I think that that people like Waititi and all of them got to enjoy, but I don't know that it necessarily does anything for, you know, the audience. Yeah, like, I kind don't like care the, that the, the kids are the there. Title. That's neat, but, like... That's kind of a very egocentric kind of filmmaking style. Yeah. I feel like the director tried to make it up to me with all the kids by, like, making the soundtrack kind of the, the soundtrack of my life. Oh, yeah, like, I thought, yeah, yeah. Gen X. But can I, I, I have to say, pushing Ronnie James Dio to the credits was a huge mistake. Mm. Like Rainbow in the Dark is a film that should have been song. in the film proper. You mean a song that song. should be in the film? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the song should absolutely have been in the film. Yeah. Huge mistake, big yeah. mistake. Yeah. But you know, yeah, like no, the, apparently yeah, what he was a big metal head growing up, so. Now, yeah, the music definitely, definitely was something. I was like, oh, Alan will appreciate the music. It's and again, very, very sort of in keeping with Guardians as well. The the yeah, uh, yeah. And just by the way, I was very disappointed with how like I really oh, wanted to yeah. see like a did movie of actually, Thor and the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Did anybody actually expect the Guardians to be in the movie? I mean, I, I expected I, them to be in the movie about as long as they were. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, especially when it cuts to like. It's just flashbacks and stuff. It's like, oh, we're not going to see anything. Yeah, no, we're I was, not going to see really, Again, it's it's another thing that 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 kind of bothered me is like I really liked the setup at the end of Endgame with Thor with the with the Guardians of the Galaxies, and I would have loved to have seen like that running around. And then ten minutes in this film, they're both shunted back into their own little corners again, and we're back well, to kind of the status quo. Especially because Thor keeps going on about how he needs to find himself and whatever, and that seemed like a really good setup to be like working with another team, going off and doing stuff, and it's like, that could have been the film. You know, as much it's as I like worst. James Foster as, like, Lady Thor, I would have been fine if he just left Earth completely and was just with the Guardians. It, it's, it, it has all the problems of the worst of, like, 70s, 80s Marvel crossover comic book events. Yeah, where they just show where, up enough to like, sell the comic. Like, you show up in somebody else's book, but you're not really integrated into the story in a way that's particularly meaningful or like one of those like limited series that runs outside of, of um, particular ongoing series, but like it drops in here and there. Like I, I always find those incredibly frustrating because they feel forced and faked and not really oh, yeah. authentic in any way, except, except like making money, right? Having yeah. Chris Pratt and the guardian show up is a way to like pull in more people to watch yeah. the movie, even though they're going to have, absolutely no significance whatsoever whatever the next guardians yeah. movie is going to be you'll probably just pick up right then so yeah. they have the ending bit right. where they leave and go yeah. oh like thank the, god like, he's gone yeah. or whatever and then like that's it yeah, right. yeah. they won't reference yeah. him again yeah yeah no it was like i i really liked I, again i thought you know i liked the setup at the end of endgame because it seemed to be doing something a little bit different by sort of smushing them together and, and, and then having, back to... you know gamora's not the same gamora you know things have changed 
you know, yeah. things have mixed together in a way that now we we alters the relationship. Well, Gamora's uh, not with them at the end. She's off on yeah, her own. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh. so, like, yeah, again, it, it ends with uh, Endgame. It has um, uh, uh, Peter, you know, looking for her and stuff. And it's like, yeah. okay, cool. Here's this neat kind of new setup of, like, you know, are they uh, in a relationship? Is it going to just break apart or whatever? But we'd be interested to see them and Thor. But, yeah, they don't get any of that. So... All of this conversation, and I know like we're watching time today, yeah. um, leads me to a, a question I want to ask, which has been asked by in places like Collider. Is the film a flop? Love and Thunder did really well first week, but um, Collider describes it as, quote, flirting with a franchise worst second weekend drop. It's tied for the worst. Yeah, it's like it, it – it, it was competing with when Collider put this article out. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which was sixty-seven percent. Black Widow was sixty-eight percent. Yeah, it's it is at sixty-eight. It's at sixty-eight. Yeah, and Spider-Man: No Way Home was also sixty-eight percent. Oh, was it? Dude, that's high. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's again. I'm just I'm quoting Collider, so don't yeah. don't. Yeah, I know. Quote I know me. from something Collider. I read today that it's now it did tie for. Or the worst drop, though. I mean, the the majority of Marvel films have had drops in the '60s. It's not, yeah, unheard of for them. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think day. financially it's going to do terrible. I think it'll do fine. I think compared again yeah. to the stuff beforehand, it's a flop. Um, I'd like to pause for a moment and mm. point out yes. that Alan just brought up box office numbers. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not. Am I? Am I not allowed to do that ever? I'm just saying. I get. I. I have been shamed into not doing numbers, and yeah, yet because here, you do. You no, just, no, you do numbers. You just walk plural. in with Alan. Alan let me bring up one. box office numbers. Sixty-eight percent. It's, it's Alan has restraint. You don't. Yeah, I just. I just. <laughs> I, I'm really interested in whether you guys think it's a flop. And Collider was a way to get to that yeah. because I think Rich is right. It's still going to make enough money, right? It's not like it's going to be like a loss yeah but if you yeah, look at it if you were if you were like the, the the studio and you're looking at the plots of like how ragnarok did how endgame did and whatnot i imagine now the line's not going up as a full diagonal as much you know i imagine if you're plotting right. this you're starting to see it dip down or plateau yeah. even and as a studio i would be concerned because they've got how many phases planned you know and they're not right. going to keep and, doing these phases if they're losing money Top Gun Maverick held much better, you know, into weeks two and three and whatnot. And yeah, it's hard not even likely to new, have legs, right? as they say in the biz. Yes, yes. And so, I mean, here's the thing. No, you, it you feels know me, like Alan. More, yeah. On average, how many times do I see a Marvel film in the theaters? Every single. I one. would say, oh, across like all twenty of them, or just in general, like I would say, oh. I would say. Two at a minimum, usually three. That would be my I'd guess. I'd say five on average. Yeah, I mean, no, it's probably, it's probably, I mean, depending on the film. But yeah, I mean, I, I see it, I generally see it usually two or three times, sometimes two or three times in the first week. Yeah. That is it. I saw Thor opening day. I have not seen it since. See, this is, this is canary in the coal mine stuff for yeah. Marvel. Like when Patrick Hamilton says, I may not go to sea. Love and Thunder for a second time, like like I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like I'm talking. I was like, I'll probably see it when it pops up on Disney Plus. Because why not? You've already got Disney, yeah. but like you're not going to pay extra to see I it don't, again. Yeah, right. like, but I don't need to go. Yeah. I don't really feel a compelling need to go see it again. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, if there was ever a moment of post peak superhero being definitively proved, this may be it. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah. It'd be the end. I, you know. Yeah, oh, that could be an ending. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's not a, that's a, that's kind of a downer of an ending. We gotta, Good. we gotta, they need to be we've sad. Had lot, we've had a, we've had a lot of downer endings as of late. We need something a little, a little more, uh, positive. We're doomed. Everything's gonna get worse and worse. It's yeah. like the oh, infantry I, of the universe. I did oh, like, but, I did like the comics Accurate Eternity. That was cool. Here's the thing, Rich. Sometimes you have to burn the forest so that you can reseed the forest, right? Like, how about, how about maybe, Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder? They, they were good. I like the goats. Uh, maybe what they we had need to names? do is burn down Marvel yeah. so that cinema can flourish more broadly. 
Yeah. Tooth Nasher and Tooth Grinder. Are the uh, now, Alan, in the comics and, to a point, and, and I mythology, they are Odin's goats. They're not just random goats that show like, up. Like, literally, we're having three different conversations yeah. at the same time. But, Alan, I do agree that I think when, and I think it's a when, when Marvel and its sort of mini empire ends in the films, I think things will get better in cinema to a point. I, I think so, too. I just The only thing I disagree with you not, is I don't think it's a mini empire anymore. Like, it's a... Like it's an empire. M- the MCU is well, a full-fledged yes. empire. It practices colonialism, you yeah. know, in all the ways yes. that we criticize elsewhere. And it feels like it may have entered somewhat of a of a decadent stage. Like I feel yeah. like we might be in sort of like a gilded age or sort of roaring twenties kind of like yeah era. That it just yeah, it's just it's it feels like I just you know I, as 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 one of the things I I uh, was it Vulture or, or uh, no IGN you know that that. Phase four has had 55 hours of content, which is more than two Infinity Sagas combined. Um, yeah, there's a lot of shows. Like, there's a lot a, of just stuff. It's just a lot of, it's just like, I, there's no, I, I don't really get a sense of coherence. Um, yeah, it seems all. almost like a, a sort of tossing of like seed everywhere to see if any of it sticks. And then, oh, we'll try and grow that. Just because that. you know somebody's going to pay for it, right? Yeah, it you know, it's like, oh, we've got, you know, Kenobi. We've got, you know, um, a Hawkeye. Kenobi's not MCU. Well, I'm just Kenobi's saying, but Disney MCU. Plus in general, because Disney Plus, you yeah, know. It's the same philosophy, yeah. though. It's the same, the same philosophy. You know, but, you know, you got Miss Marvel. You got um, uh, Hawkeye. You know, you got all these little mini series. How dare you invoke Hawkeye <laughs> in this in this list? You're right. He doesn't even, right. Like, he doesn't even count as a superhero. Right. Here's the thing, Rich, to your point. We might live in the era of peak TV, but it doesn't mean you should just keep churning stuff out no matter what. Well, especially because I feel like with the amount of money they get from these, it's almost in the better interest to take more time and do do less, you know, but do more into them. Because I feel like, again, with um, some of the the shows they do, you know, there's always the feeling of like, Again, doing a bunch of them for quantity over quality. I feel like if you didn't, you know, people there'd be more people on Disney Plus. You know what I mean? Because they have more of a also, quality would, mark on them. It would also create more of a sense of anticipation. Like, how long ago was Wandavision? That's like a year and a half ago or whatever. Yeah, is it that long? And when Wandavision arose, arrived, it was it like was a big deal. It. it was a point. It was appointment television. There was there was this sense of anticipation, and I feel like. With everything that's come since, you can just feel, you know, Hawkeye accepted this this ebbing kind of anticipation. And I think you're right, Rich. Like, it's so available, we're almost numb to it. Yeah, Miss Marvel's announced. Like, Miss Marvel I can watch on Disney+. Plus. I just haven't because it's like, whatever, I'll get to it. There's right. no yeah. urgency. There's no, oh, boy, what are they going to do next? Because you've also seen so many of them be meh. And it's oh, becoming right. watch Ms. Marvel because there's a lot to talk about with Ms. Marvel. Well, I mean, I'm, it, I, that's what I'm saying. For the show, I'm going to watch it, but it's like, again, like WandaVision. You know, I felt we, when I couldn't, I didn't have Disney Plus when it came out and you guys were talking about it, I felt really bummed out because I'm like, it sounded like I was missing out on a lot of stuff. And it's like, now I know I'm not missing out on stuff if I don't watch like Kenobi or whatever. You know, I know it's not Marvel, yeah, but Rich, same idea. You've gotten to the point now where I was with the, the Star Wars Disney Plus a while ago. It was just like, it's not that I don't I, that I would ever watch Mandalorian too. I just I don't feel any any pull or desire to actually watch it. And yeah, it just there's, there's no uh, there's no FOMA, you know, at all. It's not it's not special. Yeah, and they're cranking the stuff out so quickly. It just doesn't feel doesn't feel thoughtful. It doesn't feel like it's quality. It just feels like network television. Yeah, you're right. Like stuff that we've, we're manufacturing we've literally circled as quickly back as we to where can. it's like uh, episode of Seinfeld. It's like I missed it. It's like, well, whatever. There's another one. Right. No, like we're we're manufacturing it so quickly. It's like they've decided not to follow Rich's approach, which would be the right one. Let's make really high quality stuff. Oh, even like medium quality. They're, like what they're doing right now is they're just they're cranking out as much filler as they can because they're. I it seems to be their thinking. Well, we're just going to, like, as long as these morons keep buying this stuff, we're going to keep cranking it out. Yeah. I don't know that they necessarily see it as filler. <sighs> I just, oh, I, it's I don't so think... hard to, when they've got like it, good I, 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 I understand what you're saying. Like, it, it feels like a lot of stuff is being cranked out. 
Um, but Correct. I don't know. I you know I I think they they I well I I don't know what they think. But yeah, I don't I don't think they they think it's filler. I think they're trying to figure out what like I mean yeah it could be just the like, next big thing is going to be. And the problem is that nothing has beyond Wandavision nothing has really well. I'm being resonated. a I'm being a little. You know, a little hyperbolic when I talk oh, about yeah. you know, just and then, and, like feeding people whatever they'll take because they're morons. But the truth is, like they're they're mass producing this stuff so quickly. Yeah, there's no chance of it being of, good. Right, they've lost sight of some level of quality control, I think. And you know, to Patrick's point, even for like people who really love superhero stuff, like I hear Patrick saying over and over again today, one of the things that Patrick wants is a sense that it's building in a story, that it's part of like a larger narrative arc that's moving us somewhere meaningful. And that also seems completely lost. Is there like, if the, is they're throwing stuff at the wall to see what, you know, people are going to watch. 